This episode of Fix Me and Drink is brought to you by Star Word Whiskey, which was named the most awarded distillery of the year at the 2022 San Francisco World Spirits Competition. The Melbourne-based distillery was started by David Vitale 15 years ago, and it just released a special 15-year anniversary single malt called Vitalis to celebrate the occasion. Cheers! You're listening to Fix Me a Drink, a Flaviar podcast. Welcome to another edition of Fix Me a Drink. I'm Noah Rothbaum, Flaviar's head of spirits and cocktails. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Wondrich. How are you, Dave? I'm doing well. Yourself? I am very excited for today's guest. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) The one and only Dale DeGroff, who obviously ran the or at the Rainbow Room for years, is the father of the rebirth of the cocktail, author of the seminal modern cocktail book, The Craft of the Cocktail. I mean, he's been my hero and mentor for forever, you know. And uh, absolutely, I, I've learned more from him than than anybody I can think of. And uh, and uh, it's always such a pleasure to have him around. So this should be so nice. And we have him. Not only are we chatting with Dale, but we're chatting with Dale about one of his favorite cocktails, which is. Eggnog, the <laughs> arguably the most controversial cocktail. The reason for the season. Put the it reason down. for the season. Um, Dale has Dale and his family have a personal connection to eggnog and kind of shaped modern eggnog history. We'll get Dale on in a minute. Let's do it. Welcome, Dale. Thank you for joining us as always. Hey Dale. Hey, good to see you too. Been a while and too long as always. Yeah, I'm not living in New York anymore. I'm up here in New England. And so I know, I'm going to have to stop up. by one of these days when you least expect it. <laughs> we need to try out Julie Reiner's new bar together. We've probably tried it out without each other, but we need to go down there and do it together. The theme of today's episode is eggnog. And I have two confessions to start off with. One, I don't think I'd ever really had proper eggnog until I made it with you, Dale, (laughs) in 2000 or 2001. You were teaching a course at the Marriott Marquis on the sky floor, and we made it together. And when I say together, you you did all the work. (laughs) I did a little work, but you did almost all the work. And, And you showed the class. We all had some of the eggnog, and it forever changed my view of what eggnog would be, right? The recipe tends to do that to people, you know. Yeah. Yeah, when you have the real one, it's it's so different from the commercial stuff. Oh, my God. Gooey, yellow, cloying stuff, you mean? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody likes that, and I like it to a degree. I come from eggnog people, but we didn't always make eggnog. My, My grandparents made eggnog. My mom didn't make it so often. Right. And my dad, he was Italian. What did he know from eggnog? (laughs) (laughs) It was Italians that that did it in my family. But what about the the commercial? Is that there there are some commercial and local dairies around the country that do it pretty passively. They do a better job. Yeah, that's true. You know, that that's kind of that stuff is kind of in the realm of dessert. And then you get real eggnog, and that's not in the realm of dessert. That's a drink. <laughs> no. It, I think the stats that I saw was that uh, roughly 130 million pounds of, like, pre-made eggnog is consumed every year by Americans, according to the University of Indiana. 
that my second confession, Dale, is that I've never had the guts to make it again without you. So, and this year I promised my family or my wife's family in particular that I would be making it. So I have a vested interest in what you're going to say today for, for both of you. So you're on the spot too, because your wife is from the upper Midwest, right? Exactly. People never stop making eggnog or Tom and Jerry or anything, all that stuff. So no pressure on me, right? No, and, not and whatsoever. No, and no pressure on you two, because like I've now pulled you into this crazy uh, promise. So uh, so I'm, I'm taking copious, I will be taking copious notes uh, throughout this episode. I don't think it's just me, but you know what was so compelling about your class, especially about eggnog, was that you have a family connection, which, you know, in some ways I think of eggnog as one of like, you know, Dale DeGroff's signature cocktails. And I don't think I'm alone. I got to tell you, I ripped off my Uncle Andrew. Well, he's not even my uncle. He's my mom's uncle. I guess he's my great uncle, you know. And I called my Uncle Dick this morning, my mom's brother, who's still with us. And I said, Dickie, when did you first have it? He said, well, you know, when I, when I was a kid, because it, it's his mom's brother. I said, well, did, did Angelo take you into the kitchen and make you whip the whites and then you, you were in charge of the whites bowl because, you know, the whites keep getting diminished and they have to be folded in again and again. And, and this little process begins at about eight in the morning and ends at about noon okay. <laughs> at my Uncle Angelo's house. Because in the Italian families, everybody goes to everybody else's house, you know, and you're, you're supposed to be at your house, like, say, between eight and nine, everybody comes to your house. And then between nine and 10, it's Uncle Angelo's house. Between 10 and 11, it's my Aunt Margaret's house, you know. And everybody makes the little tour around town. Angelo keeps that open all day all until noon, so he can't really leave his house. He, he knows that all of those people will eventually get to him. And the kids have their own bowl. Wow. Yeah, without the booze. There's a kid there who's old enough and bright enough. He'll take him into the kitchen and say, okay, while you're here, I want you to make sure that those whites are floating on top of the eggnog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> and then your Uncle Angelo, or your great Uncle Angelo, the recipe becomes kind of famous. Yes, indeed. And my Uncle Dick, who borrowed the money to open his liquor store from my Uncle Angelo, he had the money in the family, you know. He came over in 1910 as an 11-year-old, and he and his brother Dominic were the first in their family, oh my God, to go to college. They went to the University of Rhode Island, both graduated, civil engineering degree on one case and a business degree in the other case. Angelo was a civil engineer. Uncle Dick got all these promotions, you know. He opened his store in 1960. The promotion that couple years in was from Four Roses. They were looking for the best eggnog recipe in America, right? Four Roses bourbon. And they wanted to engage people. American whiskey wanted to engage people on any level at that point. I mean, you know, <laughs> they were... This was, this was what, like the 1950s, right? 1960. 1960s, oh, definitely. Yeah. And so, you know, my uncle had all those choo-choo train bourbon bottles and all those different ones. Mm -hmm. you know, because, <laughs> so my Uncle Angelo did his research. He's a smart guy. And he had been making, not for that particular competition, because he had already been making it for a while. And he had done his research. And so he knew that he had a really, really good tasting eggnog, you know. And he won the Four Roses contest, which meant that the next year... And for however, how many years? And I said to my uncle, didn't you save a bottle? He said, no, I never did. I could kill myself. He said, I wish I, I, I can't believe I didn't do that. 
but in those days, that stuff wasn't, you know, you, you were selling booze, not not saving it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the recipe was actually on the Four Roses label? On the label. On the actual label, not even like a booklet, but on the label. Which no, it is, wasn't a tag around the thing. It was on the label, on the back. You know? That's unreal. So people yeah. across America, perhaps even listening to this. I've already announced it on every time I've ever talked about this on the air, on television, on radio, whatever. I've said, if anybody has Uncle Angelo's eggnog on a Four Roses bottle, when it was still bourbon, by the way. Right. Yeah. It became blended whiskey for a while. But. Now it's back to bourbon. Yeah. But I think it's kind of amazing that, like, who knows how many people and how many families around the country made your Uncle Angelo's eggnog. And that may be their quote-unquote family recipe, if you went back long enough, it's really Uncle Angelo's recipe, which is amazing. If they didn't catch it on the bottle, my book has had it since 2002, and my, every, both of my other books also had it. So it's out there now. And it's so simple. You should not be afraid of this eggnog, uh, Noah. It is so easy to make. If you can separate an egg, you can make this eggnog. Yeah, it just it takes a little uh, elbow grease. I mean... It helps if you got a blend, uh, an egg beater, but electric one. I have a double barrel egg beater. You know, Ooh, you yeah. a little handheld baby. I've been using that since the beginning. Before I went out and got one, I used to beat the eggs by hand, like that's I tough. saw my grandmother do. And oh my god, that's a lot of work. You Ooh. have to make the white. You have to make the yolks almost turn white. That's how hard yeah. you have to beat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to get those whites into like soft peaks. Yeah. When you put out the new the new version of the, the book that you referenced, The Craft of the Cocktail, which you put out a new edition. 2017, end of the year came out, yeah. Did you make any tweaks to Uncle Angelo's recipe? That's one recipe that doesn't need any tweaks. Yeah. The only tweak you might possibly want to make is what kind of spirit do you like? Mm-hmm. How much of it do you want? I use uh, two parts bourbon. Uh, well, let's say four parts bourbon and three parts spiced rum. You could do two to one. I make it a little boozy. It's three to one if you want to, but not the one is not quite one. It's like three to three parts to three quarters of a part. Okay. Yeah. It being the three quarters of the part. And, you know, a, a really good spice rum is, is, is this is a good place for it. I use a good bourbon. You, you've got to have a rum that tastes like rum, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which for a while there, that was getting pretty hard to find. But now we're back, you we're know. Back. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of good rummy rums, and that, that makes a huge difference. <laughs> and the, 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 like Baltimore eggnog, as David mentioned, I know he wants to talk about it. You separate the yolks and the whites. You put the whites immediately in the refrigerator because you're not going to touch them until the morning mm. you serve the eggnog, right? Or whenever, uh, and you you uh, build the eggnog on the yolks. And there's only for for a, for a quart of milk and a pint of cream. Notice that, by the way. Yeah. Much lighter style, quarter milk to a pint of cream. You only use a half a cup of sugar in the base eggnog. Mm. And that other quarter cup of sugar goes into the whites when you beat the whites. Got it. You have to have a little sweetener in the whites. So you basically begin the process by beating these whites until they turn like almost a creamy white. Mm. They peak, like you said, David, they peak. And the sugar is in there as you're beating it. You can add it slowly if you want. And then into that goes the booze, the cream, the milk, and a low speed on that little mixer you bought to do this. Don't try beating the yolks with a whisk. I'm a I'm a I'm a a, a purist when it comes to Irish coffees. I refuse to use an electric mixer with an Irish coffee. But with this, 
Yeah, you need it. <laughs> well, the quantities are just, you know, there are a lot. It's more. In our book, Dave, the Oxford Companion to Spirits and Cocktails, we reproduced a chart from Esquire magazine from, I don't know what, like the 50s. And one of the drinks is eggnog. And they use like a new state-of-the-art blender, I think, is what they like mm-hmm. to that seems a little bit of overkill to me to, to use. Yeah, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't use a blender or a food yeah, processor yeah. or anything. The, the egg beaters are pretty cheap. Yeah, and you'll find other uses for them. Oh, for sure. And the kids get to lick those things. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've done it with the hand whisk many times because I was too cheap to go out and buy an egg beater, and uh, I wouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> At the Rainbow Room, you guys, on, on the on the week between Christmas and New Year's, at one end of the bar, I had a big silver samovar with glug, vodka spiked glug, which is, of course, a, a spiced wine. And I got the recipe from the uh, Swedish embassy. Oh, nice. <laughs> 1987, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where else are you going to get it? At the other end of the bar, and I'm giving this away for the whole week, a taste of each, you know was the eggnog, uh, nutmeg ground freshly on top of it. And so we made, you know, those giant pastry beaters that are like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Like the Hobart, like bread mixers. Yeah. That's what we made the eggnog in. And let me tell you, that was a process. (laughs) Pastry chefs must've been uh, happy about that. Well, hopefully they liked eggnog. Well, they just wanted me to get the hell out of their kitchen as fast as I could. So I would go early in the morning. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. I, Dave, do you have a time machine? Like, could we go back to the Rainbow Room uh, to, to try if that? If only. If only. That beautiful hotel kitchen is gone now. And you won't oh. find one of those uh, beaters there. I would love to be sitting at that bar, oh. you know, right now and uh, and, and sipping, sipping some glug, then some eggnog. Then, yeah. you know, I have asked... That, that that handsome barkeep for a cosmopolitan. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, if you wanted if you wanted a real glass of it after you had your after you had your small glass, you had yeah. to pay for it. I mean, we're not giving the stuff away. <laughs> no, well, we are. were giving it away, and we gave a lot right. of it away. But people also drank it as a drink. Yeah, yeah why not? Because it's delicious. My mom's family was from Maine. <laughs> she she inherited uh, that style of eggnog, and her mom, you know, grew up in Norway, Maine, which is about as cold a place as you'll ever find in America. Dale, you had alluded that if you do want to make like a non-alcoholic version, it works even if you put don't put in the like rum or the the whiskey. It's so flavorful; it does work absolutely. Would you put in other stuff like other spices or? No, I mean you you want to put. Uh... You want to put nutmeg into the batch itself, but then you want to also put it on top of the drink when you serve it. Uh, but it's part of the ingredient uh, of the eggnog itself. You, I don't even know if I put that in the recipe. I should have if I didn't. You do grate it into the recipe as you're making it. I mean, I've, I've had it made on occasion with the uh, rum flavoring that pastry chefs use. Ooh. You know, and just just to give it a little of the of the flavor and that's you know that stuff is either non-alcoholic or you're using so little of it that there's no yeah. real alcohol in it it's heavy vanilla too well, I, I think the second most famous recipe after uncle angelo's recipe out there is uh the charles mingus recipe that he once shared for his own eggnog mm-hmm. which often gets trotted out around this time of year and that's one of his like cardinal things is an egg for each person. And he kind of makes it like 
a la carte, like in front of everybody, yeah. but a ton of nutmeg is his like. Yeah, that's a, that's that's essential. I mean, nutmeg is the flavor of, of Christmas and, and of eggnog. I mean, the the one I've I've been making for the last twenty years is the uh, Baltimore eggnog from Jerry Thomas, a mix of cognac, dark rum, and Madeira wine. So it's a little less alcoholic, but the Madeira adds this just wonderful depth of flavor and cognac and rum is always a, a great mixture. And I use, usually I use just whole milk or like you, Dale, I'll do like maybe half and half whole milk and half and half. So it's really a quarter, you know, a quarter cream, not much more than that. Cause it gets really thick and I'll, I'll crack the eggs, separate the whites from the yolks, of course, whip the sugar with the yolks until it has the, the consistency of water. So you want those yolks completely done. And I'll put in a little bit of rum in with that, too. I usually do, too, to tell you the truth. I don't yeah. talk about it, but I do that. Oh, the yeah. secrets come and out. It, 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 like, seasons the yolks, yeah. you know? And, and, and it makes me worry less about leaving it sitting around. And then once that is, like, completely done, I'll uh, stir in the, the spirits, the wine, and the milk. Nice. Uh, and I'll just stir that in, you know, I'm not going to whip it in and, and, and beat it. And then uh, I'll whip the, the egg whites separately and fold them in as we're ready to go. Yep. Uh, I don't usually sweeten them, but you could. If you don't get them completely folded into the mixture, which happens, sometimes they're like clouds on top. A little more pleasing if there's a tiny bit of sweetness in them. See, I, I usually fold it in completely because I like to bottle it and bring it to people's houses. Yeah. So then, you know, it, it, I don't like want to carry the bowl around. And I don't like to do the assembly when I'm at people's houses because they're busy, you know, and suddenly right. you're you're like using stuff and, and taking up yeah. space and being a pain in the neck. So I like to uh, completely get it folded together and then I'll put it in jars and, and mason jars. And then you can give them a little shake when you arrive. Well, Uncle Angelo always loved to see like little clouds on top of the eggnog bowl, you know. Then he'd push them down with a ladle and, and pull them back up. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. So we'd always have more egg whites than there were yolks because it, we would go through the whites, you know, and it was pleasant uh, to have it that way. And when I did it at the Rain Room, obviously I couldn't put the whites in there because um, I made so much of it. So we would fold the whites in uh, at each batch at the bar. I've done it with the, with the the whites on top. Uncle Angelo was right. You know <laughs> that is more fun, and it, and it gives you a better show. Yeah. And you can also put like make patterns in colored sugar, which William Schmidt, the 19th century bartender, suggests, which is very amusing. That's cool. Probably had the little you know uh, pattern things and. The sugar would go through the hole, right? Yeah, he did stencils. I mean, he was he was as insane as like any modern tattooed twenty six year old head bartender. You know, I love that. His nickname was the only William. So if you're going to yeah. go by that, you got to be pretty spectacular. I mean, you raise a good point, Dave, and and I'm, I'm going to do one of my favorite things, which is to quote Dave back to Dave. But a couple of years <laughs> ago. You wrote a story about Baltimore eggnog, and obviously, you know, the recipe that, that you like to use, the Jerry Thomas one, yeah. comes from his 1860s, you know, seminal book, the bartending book. But you point out 
that even Eliza Leslie's book, Directions for Cookery, which mm-hmm. came out in 1837, basically includes the same recipe of Jerry Thomas. Yeah, it's traditional. Right. A lot of his book was put together by his publishers, right. and that was probably one of the things they included. He brought in the the like American bar drinks, like individual eggnog. Right. The eggnog by the bowl is probably not even, you know, he probably didn't have much to do with it, but that's where I encountered it. Well, that begs the question, how old is eggnog, (laughs) right? I mean, like... Well, eggnog goes back to the 18th century in America. It wasn't an English thing. Interesting. It was an American thing. And it was usually made like, it was pretty rough and ready. They'd make it with like raw Applejack. You know, we're talking like the late 1700s uh, uh, out in the frontier. It wasn't a, a sophisticated urban drink, but we found a way to do that and make it much more sophisticated. Do you think that it has anything to do with milk punch, right? Because it's like, you know, a similar, like it almost seems like, you know, there's both obviously the clarified version of milk punch, which is clear where you're souring the dairy. Yeah, that was the that was the one you see the most in the 18th century and the other one you only see in the 19th century which is the unclarified one yeah that doesn't mean people weren't mixing milk and booze it just you know it it didn't get written down it almost seems like eggnog is a fortified milk punch and and i don't mean fortified meaning boozy i mean with eggs like like you know you're adding eggs to milk punch but i don't know you know there's things like flip with with eggs that's true raw eggs and beer and uh Sometimes rum that was heated with a fireplace poker and sugar. You know, this is this is it's all kind of in that category. There were hot eggnogs. There's there's Tom and Jerry, which is essentially a hot eggnog, mm. and that's a fine thing to drink mm. on a on a cold winter night. This is a Christmas morning, and it's cold, and that's okay. You know, yeah, that time of year because it's just so good. It's a confection. I mean, it really is almost in the confectionery world, you know. Yeah, it's it, it's sort of a liquid dessert, you know. Even if you don't make it too sweet, it's still a liquid dessert because it's just such a treat. Now, there's one thing that should not go uh, unnamed, and it's also in Jerry Thomas's book, because I have fallen madly in love with it, and I always make it at at uh, Christmas time as well, is uh, General Harrison's. General Harrison's eggnog, it's non-alcoholic, but of course I had the bourbon. Were you crazy? I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was alcoholic when he did it because they used hard cider. <laughs> yes, yes. But the idea of sugar, an egg, and cider, shaking as hard as you can shake it, and, and you think yeah. it, that is just stunningly good. Mm. And if you are lactose intolerant, this is your eggnog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's the the other side of eggnog is the bar drink side, where you'd shake it up to order one egg per person. You know, and a, a spoonful of sugar. Well, the eggs are smaller then. You could get away with that stuff. Yeah. So. I use 10 eggs in mine, and that goes to a uh, total of 24 ounces of spirits. Mine is six eggs separated, one quart of milk, one pint of cream, yeah. one quarter cup of sugar, and then eight to six, eight ounces to six ounces, the whiskey to the uh, rum. I use a quart of milk, 10 eggs, but I use large, not jumbo. And the larger, smaller than the jumbo. You could use organic eggs, I would recommend if you can. Definitely. And fresh eggs, if you can get them. Did Uncle Angelo have chickens? 
Well, everybody had chickens. Well, that's right. So like his eggs were the ones that he was using, super fresh. They were what we would call medium eggs these days, which are totally unavailable in the marketplace. So yeah, for a bar drink, you just put in one of those small eggs, some booze, you know, a shot of of whatever, and uh, you can put in some milk and some ice and just and sugar and just shake the hell out of it. Now, now I did a faux nog at the Rainbow Room for people mm-hmm. that were afraid of eggs because it didn't have an egg in it. But, well, no, here's what I did. I did vodka. It was vodka based. Listen to this. So uh, so it was vodka. Creme de cacao. I used the Tempest okay. Fusion Ooh. now because it's so good. Uh, and cream, uh, you really don't need sugar, and you shake it as hard as you can, and it, and put the nutmeg on it. it. Has a wonderful flavor. It'll it'll foam right up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just marvelous. You know, so people, some people are really queasy about eggs, and that's what I would do for them. I don't know. I think eggnog may be the most controversial cocktail of all time, right? Because you people. Who despise it, people who are afraid of it, people who love it. There's a famous riot that takes place at West Point, right, where they won't yeah. let the cadets make eggnog, so they sneak out to get the ingredients, <laughs> so they make eggnog. There's the Texians who are, you know, kind of uh, from the Texas Republic, who oh. were imprisoned by General Santa Ana, and they, they bribed the guards to smuggle in uh, donkey milk, eggs, sugar, and mezcal. And they made oh a huge, huge bowl of this stuff on, on Texas Independence Day and, and got absolutely snockered. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's part of history, and uh, it's certainly always been popular. It's good drinking, that's for sure. It will not die, which I love, too, that it just keeps coming back. I mean, as you say, people are opposed. I said in Esquire years and years ago that, you know, health-wise, it's basically the equivalent of sucking on the tailpipe of a crosstown bus. (laughs) 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 That will really sell, I guess. It's got everything bad for you in it. It's got all the big food groups, right? Fat, sugar. Fat, sugar, (laughs) alcohol, raw eggs. But it's not not like the Bloody Mary, everybody really feels that their recipe is best. Eggs not, it's not true about eggnog. People are afraid of it yeah they they're always like well they buy it because they're scared to death to make it you know they, oh, it, what it if is I really very it? easy it but it's like yeah. but it's one of those things that takes a little time and effort and and people will do that with cooking they don't like to do it so much with drinks they they've kind of yeah. learned to make oleosaccharum to make punch because that's one of those things that takes time and effort, but it really pays off. And I know uh, more and more people every year I hear from who are doing it. So that's good. And the oleo, obviously, is you're, you're taking the peels of the lemon. You're allowing them to sit in sugar. They give off all their beautiful oils exactly. and flavor into the sugar. It's, it's It makes a delicious lemonade, even if you put in no booze. You know, I'm thinking I could use some of that... Uh, lemon oil from that lemon sugar oil in eggnog and that might not be so bad i mean the italians make lemon cream sauce right which is delicious for pasta yeah so maybe like a lemon cream a lemon eggnog hmm well i mean a lot of people when they whip up their uh hollandaise put a little bit of lemon in it right that's true would you ever consider using brown sugar instead of white sugar um I think that says mm-hmm. it all. <laughs> I'll, I'll use the uh, like the evaporated sugar cane juice stuff, like the kind of the, the mm. tan sugar. I, I do like yeah. a little more like cane flavor, but uh, yeah, I definitely want cane sugar. 
I kind of like your idea, Dave, of infusing the sugar with lemon peels. Clementines are also like a signature citrus of, you know, this time period. I, I think you, you could be careful. Do. Don't want to break it, you know. Right. That's, yeah, a, yeah. that's the problem. You don't citrus. want the juice. Just no, the you oil. just want the, the oil from the peels oil. with sugar so, so that, that yeah. you get. So don't add that, like in the traditional oil sacrum, you then add the yeah. juice the next day. Here, just use no that juice, part. Just the oil. Uh, I would, I, I'm, I'm thinking about trying that. Uh, now, I did do oleo for the punch I'm serving this Thanksgiving. Mm. I did an oleo with demerara yeah. sugar. Ooh. Uh, because it's an apple, bourbon, um, well, rye, actually, I'm using that bourbon. It's an apple, rye whiskey, oleo. And cider punch. So oh, there you the go. oleo is a dark and dark sugar. And I'm using less less of the lemon juice. I'm not making a complete shrub. Right. I'm making like a half a shrub. Right. And and it's really there to sweeten up the punch. Then my bitters. Um, instead of putting a whole bunch of spices like and then cooking the cider. Cider gets weird when you cook it. Have you noticed? It says separates and gets weird. So instead of cooking the cider, I'm using my bitters, which has all the same... And oh. the, those are the Dale DeGroff's pimento bitters, obviously. Which have which, lots and lots of good, good Caribbean spice. Oh my god! It, it, it I love adding them to dark and stormies, yeah. to Moscow yeah, mules, anything like I mean, margaritas even. I mean, just it adds like just kind of like note. More versatile than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be sort of like for tiki drinks when I first. Yeah, no, it works yeah. well with, with with all kinds of drinks. That's for sure. Yeah, and it's the kind of thing where people are like, ooh, like. What's in here? You know, like yeah. as if you've done something, you know, some like, you know, yeah. you know, unusual fruit or something or some spirit it's, or something. Sometimes, it's like, you know, it, it, it's, yeah. it's enough to to really transform a drink. And, uh, you yes. know, you, you you do a Manhattan with it and suddenly it's a it's a tropical Manhattan or it's a, you know, it's a, it's a windward Manhattan. Thank you so much for coming on, Dale. It's always a pleasure to chat with you especially about eggnog in this time of year. I will, yeah. I'll let you know how my eggnog comes mm -hmm. out. I feel more confident now. I hope <laughs> our listeners do too. Um, you know. Don't forget to get that little mixer with the two. Yes, yes, the two-hand mixer, yes. Make yes. It so much easier that will make things <laughs> Absolutely. go very fast. I order that now for a yeah. second one. So Start uh, out yeah. with a six-egg version. If you mess it up, how much have you messed up? Six eggs. Well, thank you, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. Uh, pleasure as always, and uh, happy trails, and we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Right up against the bar, I hope. <laughs> Hopefully. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fix Me a Drink. Dave and I encourage you to always drink responsibly. Cheers.